G'day guys and girls and welcome to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how are you doing after that hellish weekend of fantasy football? Look, i got to say I'm pretty flat. Um, <laughs> I was way more flat than I care to admit on Saturday. Uh, it was not good because we had people around for dinner and I had to like physically convince myself just be like, no, you've got to like... Be alive and active. You can't just sulk the whole night. I mean, even the football itself. I mean, you set aside the fantasy and the North Melbourne uh, St Kilda game. Plus, when you take into account, no, it wasn't North Melbourne St Kilda. North Melbourne Adelaide, sorry, mm-hmm. and the Derby were both wretched games of football to watch. It was yeah, horrible. Yeah, that was my silver lining because I was entertaining. I didn't get to watch either. Of oh God! And you even brought in donuts for us today to cheer us up before the podcast. I, I it figured sort we of needed worked. something. Yeah, it, was it sort just of worked. Not a. Yeah, not a good week. Yeah, I don't know what I'm more horrified by. The fantasy scores from last weekend from some of our teams or the prospect of losing some of our Game of Thrones characters coming up. We're watching <laughs> We're watching the first episode later tonight. I can't wait. Yeah, that's... But I'm freaking out. I've been looking forward to that all day. I'm freaking out. Uh, we're going to dive right into it. Let's so we're going to get it. into the first game of the round, which was Sydney versus the Demons. This was a good game to watch from a fantasy point of view. Mm-hmm. A lot of healthy scores. So we'll go over to the Demons first. And the big question on everyone's lips was... Gorn and Proust. Gorn and Proust. How was it going to go? Apparently quite well. It went terrifically. Who knew? So, I mean, I wouldn't have picked it, but they did what some punters suggested, which was Proust was played up forward mostly as a key target in that sort of Hogan role in terms of he was the deep target. Um, it would allow in the future Tom McDonald to roam a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proust took the ruck tap out when it was in the forward line, and Gorn was able to sweep in defence and, and through the you midfield. You know what? It worked for all three of those players you just mentioned, mm. including Tom McDonald, who, who scored a healthy 77. I think that was probably his best score of the year as well. Oh, so. Can't be much worse than what he's been doing. So it seemed to work for everyone. Um, Gorn, 125, Proust, 61. Um, it just means back him in. Just, just yeah. back Gorn well, in for the, the rest of the year. The thing is, if you had been, but if you had been watching his price drop and waiting for him to bottom out, his break even is 103, and he plays St Kilda this week. This is the week. I think this is the week to jump on. Absolutely, 100. So, I mean, Rowan Marshall has been terrific, but he's going to get monstered by Gorn. He will because he's not the biggest ruckman going around. Yeah. So Gorn will destroy him. So we'll, uh, we're definitely saying to get Max Gorn in as quick as possible. Good score from Clayton Oliver as well. Uh, just quickly on Marty Hall. Came in as a late replacement, was excellent, and definitely deserves to be a trade-in target for those people who traded him out. Absolutely. He's still 34% owned, which yeah. did surprise me a bit, but his break-even's negative 20. So. Well, it came after one week. Some people would have held due to, you know, lethargy of just not wanting to get rid of a rookie that quickly. Some people would have held because they had other bigger issues to deal with after the first week. Um, I'm Yeah, I, I would... I traded him out myself, which sucked. I held on to him. But, I mean, that that's a little bit of luck in there, because realistically, he wasn't named, so it would have been the second oh, yeah. second week of a well, rookie I, sitting I on I the bench. I hung on to him because he wasn't really worth anything, yeah. so I wasn't making money, so I figured I may as well hang on because he'd come back in at some yes. point. That's um, exactly what happened. came in earlier than most people would have thought, particularly yeah. uh, after being named as an emergency for the yeah. Thursday and night game. he was game. really good, so he was on his spot. Yeah. Um, I, think he's, I think you're right. He's definitely an option to trade back in yeah. if and you have... 
nothing else to do. And the second uh, late replacement in uh, Charlie Spargo was poor in the game. He's probably yeah. the replacement, or he comes straight out for uh, Lockhart when he comes back you in this week. So, yeah. um, some of the other players, uh, Angus Brayshaw was down this game. And mm-hmm. look, I'm a little bit worried about Brayshaw's consistency this year if this is what he's putting up, because these are two sub 100 scores that he's yeah. got. Not just sub 100, but sub 80 scores. He had a really good third term. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they might have stuck someone on him in the fourth quarter because he just didn't touch the ball. I think he got two touches the yeah, entire quarter. I, so I'm a little concerned as well if they've identified him as someone that needs to be shut yeah. down. I don't mind a score from my premiums in the high 90s. Like they, yeah. Sometimes they're going to go... They're going to have a poorer week, and you expect those guys it's that will average 110. Be than it though. really does. So I am a bit worried going forward about Petrarca. Having... Um, Brayshaw. Brayshaw, sorry, yeah. not Petrarca. I'm always worried about Petrarca. Absolutely. <laughs> Having said that, he's definitely, the he's definitely not going to be your highest priority this week. So no, no, there's other things to take care of. He's just a watch list at this um, On the Swan side of the ledger, uh, Harry Cunningham top scored, which isn't going to happen again. So, I mean, he's a good one to stream in uh, draft leagues, in keeper leagues in particular, but he's not someone that you would look at in salary cap leagues. No. Um, uh, Heaney. Yes, so Heaney bounced back two weeks in a row. 121 and 105, break-even of 81 and 19% owned. This will just be pissing off a lot of coaches who yeah. traded him out after the second week of Horse not listening, and then Horse listened after yeah. round three. So, the question <sighs> is, do you bring him back in now? I would. If you have the cash to do it, I would be bringing him in. He's bottomed out at about 640k. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really good prospect to bring in if you can get the cash this week. Maybe yeah. you can upgrade someone like a... If you can get the catch from catch from somewhere else, we'll have to talk about Will Setterfield later in the podcast, yes. and he's a perfect, uh, perfect one to upgrade. Yep. Um, so some of the other players, uh, Ollie Florent was terrific, one of our keeper league guys that we yeah we both we're really like him. Um, I liked he looked good too. He was breaking he the lines, and they were using him as an outside option. Yep, Zach Jones. Oh yeah, I was just going to talk about Zach Jones. Ninety four, seventy five, one hundred and three, ninety six. He's averaging I've thought high 90s. for a while now that he had fantasy game. He just there was no consistency. You couldn't back him. More in. specifically, there was no role. He wasn't playing midfield. He was playing yeah. this weird mop up halfback where he wasn't the link man at all because yeah. Jake Lloyd was the link man. Yeah, um, he does seem to be playing more midfield this year. One hundred percent. He is a massive. He he. They showed the heat maps during the game, mm. and he was he. I think he'd gone up by something like fifty five percent of um, oh, midfield share. So from what he was doing last year, it's incredible numbers. So he's definitely one to have a look at. Uh, I mean, I would say in all formats. So he'd be a big risk in salary caps, obviously, but he could be a really, really good get. Absolutely. He's had a really good year. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's owned by 95% of Ultimate Footy League. So it's unlikely that he's going to be around. But if he is by any chance on your waiver... Um, I really like him this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll bench that there. Is there anyone else from Sydney you particularly want to talk about? Um, a lot of a down. lot of them are really poor. So Luke Parker was poor again. Lance Franklin, eighty-eight was a better score. He's working his way into some consistency, but not enough. And just as we were talking about before, with um, uh, worrying about Rowan Marshall, one of the better ruckmen from the start of the year, Cal Sinclair, he was dominated by these Melbourne ruckmen. So yeah. You can bet some of these second-tier Ruckman are going to be absolutely demolished. So we'll move over to the Collingwood and Bulldogs game on Friday. This was an absolute cracker, actually. The, mm. the Pies pulled away at the end, but the Bulldogs were right in it for most of the game. 
Uh, and uh, look, we can't, we can't talk about anyone first without talking about Brody Grundy. <laughs> he was huge. 153, yeah. 58 hitouts to six yeah, from Tim ridiculous, English. Ridiculous, wasn't it? Um, oh, just uh, you run out of superlatives. We move on because we we know how good he is, and you have to have him in your side. Yeah, but we don't need to talk about him. But you do have to mention 153. You yeah, can't. That's awesome. Uh, Tommy Phillips was amazing as well. So he's actually uh, he's he's a wingman. He's a true wingman. He puts up some poor scores every now and then, but he's. He does put up some massive ones. This is what Lockie Hunter did when he was younger as well. Yeah, my question though is, because I think from memory he's had a bit of an inconsistent year. Mm -hmm. Is this because, um, who was it with the late withdrawal? Dane Beams? Dane Beams was out. Do you reckon he got a bit more ball because of that? Could very well have something to do with it. But in saying that, uh, you know, Scotty Pendlebury suffered for a score this week. And the other one is Adam Trelaw, who scored 82. That's back-to-back scores under 100. Mm. And the big thing is this is after Taylor Adams has come back into the side. We know from last year what a big effect Taylor Adams had on Trelaw's scoring. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not a fan of bringing Trelaw into my salary cap team at the moment. No, I wouldn't be either. Uh, particularly, I think there's better options. Yeah, so, I mean, wait till he bottoms out in price, because at the moment he's still way overpriced, because obviously his price had gone up after getting 130-plus in both uh, the yeah, first two games. Yeah, he starts a year. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried about that Collingwood midfield. Uh, just the consistency there. Uh, Jack Crisp, again, middling score after a couple of weeks ago going big. Yep. So the Collingwood halfbacks are always a little bit... Bit iffy. Yeah, hard to judge. Howells, 56. Maynard, 56. Langdon, 55. Oh, so none of them scored. Age, so. 46. Yeah, none of them scored. Oh, interesting. Normally there's one or two of them that jump up. Usually but... one of them steals it off the rest, yeah. but not this game. Okay, we're going to move into the fantasy-friendly team, which is the Bulldogs. They're one of the best teams to watch at the moment. Yeah. One of Did one... you end up bringing Bont in this I week? I did bring the Bont in this week. You would have been happy? I, w- I mean, I was happy then. And then on Saturday, I wasn't happy, and we'll get into why afterwards. Yep. Um, but yeah, you you wouldn't be unhappy with 116 points. I bought him in. He had a break-even of 79. He's mm-hmm. going to keep going up in price, even if he isn't continuing. I'm, of of mm-hmm. course, you don't look at his break-even and price in terms of trading him out if he keeps up these numbers. Um, no. I don't think he can keep up 120 plus because that's what his average is. No, he can't. But I think he can probably do 110. Yeah, 105 to 110 would yeah. be stellar. His, his lowest score this year is 111. Which um, is his break even for this week is 92, and he's owned by only four percent of teams. So he's a great point of difference mm-hmm. still. Um, and he comes up against Carlton. And he's Frio. got a great run, Carlton and Freer. And, and he's got Richmond the week after, who have been giving have up been some giving healthy up scores. They scores. might have turned it around by then, but. We'll see. You never know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I was a bit iffy on it last week, but after seeing another week of it, I, I'm on board. Yeah. A lot of hundreds from other players, but the one I want to signal out here is Tom Liberatore with 108. Keeps that scoring up. That's two yeah. hundreds in a row and two other big scores to go with it. Um, I mean, he's a massive keep all the way through until he tops out in price. But if he keeps scoring like that, if that is what his game is... He's almost a hold towards the end of the year, uh, until well after the buys. He is one of the very last guys that you you should upgrade. Out. Mm. Yeah. Um, just quickly as well, before we move on to the next game, I want to mm-hmm. signal out Tim English. So we, we razzed on him before by saying he only had the six hitouts, but he had 86 fantasy points. 
which went along with 17 disposals, 6 marks and 6 tackles. Yeah, so last week you said he wasn't doing a lot around the ground. He turned that around this week in a big Absolutely. way. And, um, and I that's can see... what he needs to continue. If he keeps doing that, he'll hold his spot. Well, I can see Beveridge doing that Beveridge thing where he doesn't show... He, he, for some reason, turns around and goes, oh, I'm going to bring in Jackson Trengrove to my side. No, he, he actually came out after the game and said that they need to give English games to develop. Oh, good. So look, they he, should back he's him going in. to get a bigger body. He's going to be able to compete more. Grundy is the best Ruckman in the competition at the moment. That's yeah. just not an argument. Gorn is very, very close, but Grundy is the best. And, look, Tim English got monster by him in the contest, but he did his job around the ground. Yeah. Um, so, quickly as well, before we move on, Josh Dunkley... Yeah, yep. That's all I'm going to say. It, it's over. That's horrible. It's over. Yeah, it's horrible, uh, for, especially for owners. I mean, we were both owners coming in at the start of the year, yeah. and that was just shocking. It's the oh god, uh, it's the Billings of last year. He's Billings 2.0, no question about it. Um, so we'll move on to the Cats and GWS game. Now this was another tight this game. This was a good game, and this was a ripper. It's great to see GWS get up at the Cattery uh, because I mean the. Giants have never beaten Geelong, I don't think. so. Uh, not at the category. That was least. it, yeah, that was it. So great to see them get up there. The scores were huge again. So mm. GWS is a very fantasy-friendly you know side. The GWS midfield went absolutely berserk. Monstered them. And the top five scores of the game. Yeah, just uh, a little word on Callum Ward as well. That's just horrible luck. So yeah. uh, it's, it's terrible. Uh, but as a result, of course, there were a lot of more scores to go around in the the GWS midfield. Lockie Whitfield just keeps doing what he's doing. Must have. I'm not getting him in. Really? No, I'm not getting Ooh. him in now. He is too overpriced. Look, I don't have Lockie Whitfield at the moment, and it sucks, and it is going to hurt in the short term. Do not get me wrong. But I can't justify spending well over 800 k now or next week when I just know that someone is going to tag him. He's been too good in these first four rounds. He hasn't come up against teams that have traditionally tagged before. He's going to come up against one or two, and he's going to get a 70 to 80. I can guarantee it. Um, it's, Interesting. He's, he's got a little while before it happens. I think it's about three rounds away, which I think is when GWS are coming up against West Coast in particular. He, he plays Frio this week. Frio could put someone on him. They could, but they don't have a, a hard run with Tagger necessarily. I mean, Darcy Tucker might run a little bit with him. Bailey Banfield. Um, Bailey Banfield. I mean, half of Frio's like team is effectively Taggart because <laughs> they're not real players. So. But look, it's going to happen at some stage and he's going to fall back in price. If you had gotten him in two, three weeks ago or even last week, well done. Congratulations. You've done the right yeah. thing. But I think now he's just too expensive and he's going to fall again. Ooh, I, I don't know that he'll fall that much, though. He'll fall 50, 60k, maybe he's a little bit even more. still 88 this week. Right? Because the key thing is here, if coaches are... I still think he's susceptible to the tag. He hasn't been tagged this year. If he gets tagged and he does what I expect, which is he has a poorer game, mm. coaches are going to see that, yes, we need to stop Lockie Whitfield because of how good he's been at the start of the year. And yes, he is still susceptible to a tag. If he goes on a run of two or three weeks where he gets 80 to 90 or so, that's a, that's a good game if you're getting tagged, mm. 80 to 90. He's going to drop massively. So mm. I, I can't justify spending that right now. If he is after the buy still doing this, he will be my first priority after the buy to bring in. But I'm not doing it before. I think by that point, it you've... The race is is well, has been run and lost. Once once again, it depends what your outcome, what you yeah. want out of the season. If you are really pushing for standings for positions in the top hundred, mm-hmm. 
then you should be getting Whitfield now. You have to because it looks like he's going on a tear and all the top players have The best teams in each league, if you're going for league wins, are probably going to have him anyway. However, you can make that up on the back end if you think like I do. So if if Lockie Whitfield falls and if you can get some value elsewhere... Uh, and Lockie Whitfield does go on a tear of 70 or 80s, you know, something like that, and you can get hundreds from someone else, that's going to push you up. So it's basically, are you saying right now, are you willing to say that Lockie Whitfield will definitely go at the average he's going now for no, the rest of the season? absolutely not, but I still think you need him. Yeah, oh yeah, you definitely need him at some point. My point is that you can bring him in after the buy. That's when I'll be doing And my it. point is, by that point, it's too late. Ooh, interesting. Well, I think it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks that Lockie Whitfield might... But uh, I don't disagree with you with any of your individual points mm-hmm. that he's, he'll get tagged at some point. He'll probably have some bad games. He'll probably drop a bit in price. Yeah. I think by the point he drops in price enough that it's worthwhile jumping on, yeah. you may as well have jumped on now and gotten those extra points over the course of the year. But what if you only get two weeks worth of good points and then it goes downhill from there? That's, yeah. my, that's my point. Like When does it happen? So yeah, I guess that's the risk you're, you bu- you're buying super high at the moment, super mm. high. So you have to make the judgment that yes, either everyone else in the competition has him, and we're all going to go on the same ride, or this is going to continue on. This is worth that price right now. So mm. it's it's judging what he's worth at the moment. And don't get me wrong, the scoring is absolutely incredible. I wish to God I had him. I can't afford him, and I don't want to sell the farm to get him. Because yeah, I would enough. have to trade out people way earlier than I think. Fair enough. All right, we've spent, uh, we've spent way too much time on that. So Who some else? of the other players, I mean, Hopper was terrific again. I think he'll definitely I think he'll benefit from Ward. One hundred percent. He'll be the big beneficiary there. So for he's redraft had a really leagues, good year. Mm-hmm. He's, so far, he's been doing high nineties and hundreds all year. Yeah, and everyone else are the usual suspects. So Canelio, Kelly, Toronto, these are the ones who have been scoring scoring well pretty much all year. Mm-hmm. Tomlinson's actually had some good games as well. Tomlinson's had some awesome games. It's been very very surprising he's been playing a sort of wing role he did that the last couple of years as well he just seems to be doing it better this year yeah um from there on not really too much to speak of uh zach williams just quickly to touch on 53 is just awful from him i mean he was one of the reasons we had a horrible fantasy weekend he's about ready to go i'm giving him one more week because I have other issues to fix up in my team, but he gets one more week to show that he can do something. Because we know from the couple of games, like he averaged eighty three when he uh, before his injury, and when he came back from injury, he went back to back hundreds in his last game last year, and also in a couple of the JLT games this year, or in the first JLT game this year. So he's got the scoring in him. He's just not playing the right role. It's basically whenever they switch the ball, it never seems to come to the side or the position that he's in. It's always, it's actually always Lockie Whitfield. So again, coaches will wake up and notice that at some stage. Yeah, um, look, his break even 66, so you don't have to move him on this week. He's averaging more than that, but he's getting close to the point. Because yeah. you only ever brought him in because he was so cheap as a cash grab. Mm-hmm. So he's getting to the point where you need to use him as a stepping stone. Definitely. Step. One more week for me. Um, and... Uh, the other one, just to quickly note, is if you're coming up against GWS and you've got uh, a premium midfielder in the opposing team, be very, very careful of the DeBoer tag because he has tagged some absolute stars to some terrible scores mm. in the first he's doing four a rounds. Great job at the moment. Oh, he's been absolutely incredible, but it's horrible for fantasy football. So if mm. you've got a, you know, who, who are GWS playing this week, by the way? Freer. Frio, so five or Walters are the big ones to watch out for. So don't be sticking the captaincy on either one of those guys. You know, particularly for draft leagues. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Walters. Walters. <laughs> uh, well, uh, another, uh, another one to check out is Brad, Brad Hill, who's I'd had a very good Brad start Hill to the year. Ahead of Walters. Mm. Uh, all right, Geelong. So, tops. no one broke the 100 over there, which was awful. Tom Stewart was the top scorer again, 97. He's been terrific. I think we can safely say that he's he might be... Option. He's a legitimate top six option this year. Yep. Get him in if you can. <clears throat> one, love that move. Um, Gary Ablett was better in this game. He's moving up. When he gets forward status, he intrigues me if he can work yes. his way into the game. And you're convinced he will get forward status? He definitely should. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, if he doesn't, there's something wrong he with that system. He should be in the first lot next week. Yeah. If he doesn't, we need to get on the phone to warn him because it was, yeah. something's broken. Um, and Mitch Duncan, again, was was very solid, but there just wasn't enough of a score. Dangerfield was awful. 66. Yeah, and uh, Kelly, Kelly was tagged to 50. So it seemed like because Dangerfield and Kelly do spend a bit of time up forward, mm. it was almost like... Kelly was up for Dangerfield was in the midfield and then they would switch and DeBoer would just go into whichever one of them was in the midfield he didn't yeah. care so and just would destroy whoever that was absolutely so Kelly I don't think has ever had a proper tag before and didn't know what to do yeah Kelly I'm a little worried about coming up um, this week mm-hmm. oh no he actually he's playing Hawthorne they don't tend to tag so yeah, no, I disregard I, that I think he'll be okay I think he'll bounce back uh, the one to worry about and the one that I'm looking at getting out of my salary cap side is Jordan Clark yeah. uh, because he did cop a little bit of a a shoulder to the chin late in the game or midway through the game. Yeah, he just wanted an excuse for that game. Yeah, and also, it was a poorer game. He was slowing down. There's every chance they might rest him this week or send him back to the VFL just to get a bit of practice. He's been trending down pretty much the entire year. So he's his last three were 70, 53, uh, 57, sorry, and 33. His break-even's 42, so mm-hmm. he's almost at the point where you need to trade him out anyway. So. Absolutely agree. Uh, we'll move on to the Bombers and Lions game, shall we? Which was uh, on Saturday during the day. Uh, just quickly. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke yep. Dalhouse. Mm. Poor game, 44. Only two tackles this week. Would you expect him to bounce back? Or do I, you think that the start of the year was just th- a bit of a fluke? Three good weeks, one bad week. The entire Geelong team was awful. I reckon he'll bounce back this week. Agreed. Yeah. So I, I don't think you'd have to rush to trade him out just yet. Um, okay, so on the Bombers and Lions, uh, the Bombers just smashed him in the end. McDonald, Tip and Woody was absolutely incredible with 139. Obviously, I mean, the seven goals were why he got there, but the fact that you need seven goals to get up to that incredible score, he's not doing that every week. This was one out of the box. Yeah, so the one for me is because I don't think anyone would really look at him in salary cap. He's mm-hmm. for drafts. He's got a bit of name value, so he would be taken in a lot of drafts yeah. on that, but there'll be a lot of other ones where he'll be on the waiver wire. I'm not jumping to grab him off the waiver wire off the back of this game. Either am I. Um, Zach Merritt interests me, though. So he has yeah. bottomed right out in price. He is very, very cheap with a break-even of around about 100 this year. So very, very break-even of 100 this week. So it's very, very attainable. Are you keen on Zach Merritt this week, or do you need another week to show you? I. <coughs> or do you just not trust him at all? Um, no, I do trust him he had um, was it an ankle or a foot injury in the preseason mm-hmm. which slowed him down a bit so he maybe did. he's just starting to get into his into his stride now 50 99 95 128 so he's gone 95 128 so two back to back stronger scores he was awful in the first two rounds one of those he was tagged way out of it as well so yeah look I think now's a good time to get on board yeah. 673k break even of 84 very cheap he's probably not going to be this cheap again all year very cheap so uh, very interesting to have a look at who's his, ne- who's his next uh, opponent his next three are North Collingwood and Geelong 
Collingwood so doesn't tag. North, I mean, they're just a fantasy wasteland where scores go yeah. to die, so it doesn't matter which team you're playing when you play against or with yeah. North Melbourne. Look, I'm not convinced that it's necessarily the best run coming up, but it could still be quite profitable for them. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually quite like it. Yeah. Uh, not too much other than, or too much else to mention really from Essendon. Uh, Darcy Parrish was solid again, so he's starting to progress a little bit more as a player for those with him in keeper leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zach Clark wasn't. Uh, both of the Rockmen were just monstered by Steph Martin in this game. So there's a solid chance that if Bell Chambers is fit to play this week, uh, Zach Clark might be dropped. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I think from there we can move on. Oh, Devin Smith, just yeah. quickly, is not having the best start to the year. He's really not. So it's a wait and watch. I still th- still think he'll be a top six forward for me, considering how little there is in there at the moment. But he's going to be dropping a lot in price. He is. So don't be grabbing him just yet. He's got a little wait and If fall. you've got him, are you offloading him to make some cash or are you just sticking through it because you think he's going to be top six? I think end? if you've still got him, you probably keep him uh, because... You've had him since the start of the year, and he's already lost a fair bit of cash. Um, I wouldn't. I would have probably gotten rid of him after the second round. I wouldn't be getting rid of him now after the fourth. What about in drafts? Would you try and make a offer to get hold of him? Oh, very tempting. Yeah, one hundred percent. Go out and grab Devin Smith. Because as long as you can buy him lower than you expect, mm. that's what you want to do. So go and make a, a half decent offer and see what you get. And question without notice. What do you think would be a half decent offer? Oh, for him. Hmm. We're talking. If we're talking a midfielder, I would suggest a midfielder who's averaging maybe just under a hundred or on a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So, so probably a hundred averaging midfielder, yep, something like okay. that. Um, for a forward, you could probably get away with a ninety to ninety-five averaging forward, something like that. Because I'd go probably he, more than ninety averaging. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think ninety five is paying a little bit much. Yeah, yeah, probably ninety averaging. If you go a ninety averaging forward, that should be able to get you Devin Smith. Um, anyone else you want to talk about there, or can we move to the Lions? No, no, we can move on. Lockie Neal just keeps on keeping on far out. These scores are incredible. Yeah, um, I, he I was another one that I was very iffy about last week whether yeah. he could continue it, but I'm really starting to come around. He's, I mean, those back-to-back huge scores. I think he's had... Has he had two scores over 140 and now there's 139? Something like that, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So... I, I think you, he's someone that you really do have to look at. Yeah, one, absolutely. So, again, Lockie Neal has been tagged. and Look, I, I come off sounding very, very pessimistic, but it's just a what value you're buying these guys at. So... If you had these guys since the start of the year or since a couple of weeks ago, you've done fantastically and you are way ahead of the pack. Bringing them in now says that they are going to average what they are worth at the moment. Yeah. So what's his price at the moment, do you know? Uh, it is $809,000. Yeah, so 800... But the thing is, it's going to go up. His break-even's 83. Yeah. Eight... And he plays Collingwood. Collingwood, who don't tag... On don't, Thursday night. Do not tag at all. Collingwood followed by Gold Coast. Jeez. And Gold Coast as well. Okay, yeah. He, he get, get Lockie Neal. I'd yeah. rather Lockie Neal than Whitfield at the moment. 100%. I, I'll back that in. Yeah, I... Yeah. I can't really <laughs> Your face right too now. Much. <laughs> You've He's... gone red with just frustration and confusion at that question. Oh, God. All right, we'll move on from there. It's um, because it's pretty much like... 
I spent most of last night just doing random trades to see what I like the look of, and there's yeah. just so many good options this oh, week. God, there are a lot. Mostly because my team sputtered it up so oh, much. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's horrible. Uh, and we're not going to go into our teams because they're just... Well, I can't even relive them. I can't, I can't talk about yeah. them. Right, who uh, else? Who's next? There's not really many. There's a massive drop-off after that. Jared, there's a lot of draft-relevant guys that yeah. played well, but they'll be owned in Berry, drafts. Zorko, Witherden, you know, those sorts yeah. of guys were solid without being amazing. Uh, Steph Martin as well. There's just... Rich has fallen away for oh, the some, last couple of weeks. Somewhat, but still, like, in draft leagues, you're happy with about an oh, 80. Yeah. Salary cap leagues, we were iffy about him a couple of weeks ago anyway, even when he was scoring that well. But for draft leagues, you're still happy with this because you would have picked him up either as a bench player or your D5. Yeah. So you'd still be super happy with that. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy continues to stink it up, unfortunately. Um, He's still playing. He is. He is. Very, he is. He's 47. Uh, and so did Cam Rayner for Keeper League owners. So he is not having a good year. But then again, second, second year blues. Year blues. It was, always happens. He's never going to have a good second So if you don't own Cam Rayner in a Keeper League, you can go out at the start end of this year and fishing a little bit. 100% start fishing. If you do own him, don't take the hook. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd be fishing right now if I didn't own him. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll move on to the next game of the round, which was Port versus the Tigers. This was another amazing game. Close. Uh, Tigers got up just in the end. We'll, we'll look at them first because they're always quick from a fantasy point of view. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ellis was outstanding with 116. Yeah. Not touching was, him. Yeah. He's kind of... He's just a draft guy. Yeah, he's just and a draft he's guy. taken by someone, so... And, we'll uh, and the next best was Tom Lynch with 88, who needed six goals, two behinds to do that. We have a question about Lynch as well, so we'll come back to that. We do. Uh, but, I mean, he was terrific, but only 88 to get it. Uh, and Nankervis, 88, not good enough. Right, um, Ross. Yes. 86. So he this is looked a really good. Really good. Yeah. Uh, really, I'm, really good. I'm not and it, Not because sure. it looked like he had eyeliner on at times. No. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I was watching on my phone and I actually <laughs> thought he had eyeliner on. He's one of those guys that just naturally looks like he's wearing eyeliner. Yeah. Um, so, Jack Ross. Is he a must-have this week as a rookie? I am. I'm not going to say must-have, but if you are bringing a rookie in, he is he's the rookie. Probably, he's the rookie to bring in. Um, I'm not sold on his job security because Dusty comes back this week. Cochin will be coming back. How long's Cochin out for? I think he's got another two. Okay, so he's got a little while. So I think pro- Dusty's back this week. Rewalt might be back this week, and Cochin's still a couple away. So you might be able to get a couple of good weeks out of Jack Ross because as soon as Cochin and Dusty come back... That's his spot in the side gone, I would suggest. Yeah, but he'll be pretty... If he plays like he did on the weekend, it will be rough to lose it. Yeah. But I... Yeah, the, um, the iffy, last in, first yeah, out. The, uh, the iffy thing is here that when they come back in, it just means that he will get less time in the centre. So he may still be playing, but he'll yeah. score poorly because Agreed, of the role, yeah. and then he'll get kicked out of the side because of that. Agreed, yeah. So uh, it's unfortunate... I'm more confident with Sydney Stack. I know he scored poorly, but he played his role. He played it very well. And Jaden Short is a long-term and injury. And the thing with Stack, too, is he... Like you said, he played his role. His role is to go for marks. Yeah. He went for marks the entire game. Mm-hmm. The thing was, they didn't use him as an outlet. Yeah. So he had to win the ball himself. He, he did. didn't get any easy, cheap ball. He did. That'll come over time as the team gets more used to him being there and gets more confidence in him. Mm-hmm. So I think he will pick up. He will. Uh, all right. So the uh, the other side of the ledger was Port Adelaide. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! Oh God. Um, there, I right. so many things that I have to say about Tom Rockliffe right now. Just 
Unload. Go I, can, I don't know if I can. I, I, I know that we don't have the uh, <laughs> the um, explicit marking on our podcast. So, but... for context to everyone oh, playing God. at home, we both ummed and ahed the entire week on whether to keep him or trade him. Uh, it was horrible. And on Friday, was it? I think it was Friday, we yeah. we were messaging? Yep, we were messaging each other on Friday, and I, I managed came... to convince both myself and you that it was a good idea to trade him out. <laughs> you did. I was, I was genuinely confused. I didn't know, and I was leaning towards keeping him, and then you came up with this brilliant argument. I'm not going to go through it, because it just seems stupid it to read now. perfect sense at the time. But And it included points like, he's always had issues coming back from injury, Concu- he may be a late out because of concussion, uh, you don't know how they're going to recover from that. Um, the Ollie Wines factor, we never got to see what would actually yeah. happen, and, and we and traded him out. We both traded him out, and he came out. You know who I traded him out to? Who? Sydney. Stack. Fucking stack. <laughs> I like how you censored yourself. I didn't. We're getting the explicit stamp this week. I know it. Um, I was... I mean, it was terrific for us. He was awesome, yeah. Because he was outstanding. He Not only did he meet his break-even, but he exceeded it. And that yeah. was the other reason we dropped break-even from, was because like 118. 118. So I figured even if he did play and play well, he'd get about 100-ish. Yeah. So he's reset his break-even. It's lower now. You can keep him in your side for some time yeah. to come. If you did get rid of him... I'd go so far as to say that if you got rid of him... I would be tempted to You pretty much just ruined your yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's not pretty looking. But I also have no issue with bringing him back in this week. Either do I. After seeing that, it was a terrific show. Um, Yeah, I'd be very, very tempted. And he's playing West Coast this week. And West Coast, I don't think will tag him. I think if they're going to tag... Oh, actually. I reckon they'll tag him. Oh, Hutchings. Now that I think about it, who do they go to? Because they could tag Boak. I I doubt they will. Ebert's been fantastic. Wines hasn't been playing well enough to be tagged. Rockliffe might get the tag. I reckon Rockliffe gets the tag. All right, so don't bring him in if you don't own him. All right, that's that's all I'm saying. He's <laughs> not going to give me a second. I'll just see what he's um, worth at the moment. Oh, I, th- I think it's low seven hundreds now. Seven hundred and nine, and his break even is ninety seven. No, I'm not bringing him in. If um, if you don't own him, if you did get rid of him this week, I'm not bringing yeah, him in. Plays West Coast. I'd hold off this week. Yeah, I'd be worried. But See, having said that, we both traded him out. So what do we know? Yeah, who knows? Jeez, we, we may Alrighty. as well end the podcast. We've covered yeah. Rockliffe. Let's move uh, on to something less depressing. Ebert, terrific. We've got a question about him later, so we'll hold off on him. Boke has been outstanding all year. Top six forward. Make sure you have him in your side. Yep. He's a priority. Burton is alive. Burton is in alive. Drafts, good job if you've got him. Even better job if you held him in keepers. He's outstanding. He's been um, very good. That's all we really need to say. It's, a, it's more just a congratulations yeah. for those owners. Yeah. He's alive. Clarko did the Clarko thing of playing him in a role that he's not good at for a year in order to acclimatize him to doing something else in the game. Yeah. He he probably would have done this at Hawthorne if he played there this year because they wouldn't would have, have needed yeah. Scrimshaw. Um, yeah, so he's, he's terrific. Um, and some of the youngsters, Dersma, he's trending downwards in terms of scores, but he's still got money to make. Same with Rosie. And Dersma didn't really train much last week, apparently, so it wouldn't surprise me if he has a break coming up soon. Yeah. Um, just a bit of a rest. Keep but an eye on he's it. still worth hanging on to for now because he's still earning a bit. I'm probably not playing him on the field anymore. Yeah, same, same with Dersma, same with Drew, same with Rosie. You're, we're just not as spoilt as we were earlier in the season in terms of their on-field scores. And it yeah. sucks, but it's just a, a fact we've got to face. Yeah, but they all still have money to make, so you don't have to move them on yet 
You just got to be careful ready. about who you're playing and where. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to the last game before we break up uh, into our second part of the podcast. Uh, we'll talk about North Melbourne versus the Crows. Uh, we, we, we've still got um, the Derby to go as well. We do, but there was only two games on the Sunday, so we'll break oh, it okay, up before cool. that. Um, so, North Melbourne and the Crows. This was just an awful game to watch. I mean, just everything about it was bad. So, from a fantasy point of view, North Melbourne, we don't talk about them for long because they're not fantasy players, but three did break the 100 this week. So, Evans, Dumont, Pichard, all draft um, guys. Draft guys. Yeah. All and they're probably guys. all owned as well. Yeah. Uh, what, they're definitely owned. Um, Robbie Tarrant was solid, but he'll have a 30 next week. He's actually had two 90s back to back. He'll have a 30 next week. <laughs> <laughs> so Who are they playing? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He'll have a 30 next no, week. No, right? they, they, he... He probably will. He's playing the Eagles. So he'll have to man up on Kennedy and he'll have to man up on Darling. So he'll have a 30 next yeah, week. Yeah, he'll have a 30 next week. Maybe a 40. Uh, oh, there you go. Aim for the stars, Tarrant. Um, Pollock was solid. Uh, look, we, do, we don't want to go into too much time on this, but the one I do quickly want to talk about was Paul Ahern. Came back into the side, scored a 60. I'm hoping that he doesn't get kicked out because he wasn't imp- particularly impressive. He needs time to work back into it. Yep. So for What ki- sort of role was he playing? I didn't get a chance to watch most of this. I was at the Derby this weekend. Oh, okay. uh, yep. So uh, I I watched some highlights. It, it just looked like they have a lot of midfielders and a lot of wigmen at the moment. So cool. I, he's definitely a holding keeper leagues, but just be wary of his scores on the field for the moment. I wouldn't be playing him on the field. Um, Adelaide Crows, Laird bounced back this week. I want to see another week of it before I say you yeah, have to bring I'm him in. not jumping on yet. Nope, because we still got to do the... Weekly Adelaide halfback roundup. You do that while I look at um, Laird's break even. So we've got 115 from Laird, we've got 86 from Wayne Miller, and we've got 73 from Brody Smith. So Brody Smith stops sucking and do better. Uh, he was. But it's some- all kind of what has been happening the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I saw something along the lines of only two out of eight of his kick ins he actually took from outside the goal square. Mm. That is stupid. Do your job, kick the ball further, run and then kick. You lost to North Melbourne. You need to do better, Brody. Run a run ten centimeters out of the box. Just give us something, mate. Just take a little step. Oh. Um, so Led's break even is one hundred and sixteen. So I'm definitely waiting at least one more week before yeah. I even consider bringing him in. Definitely seven hundred and eighteen. Uh, Wayne Miller was very very solid. And Although Alec- they do play Gold Coast. Yeah, true. Oh, interesting. Uh, no, I'd wait one more week. I'd wait one more. Um, Alex Keith was very interesting um, for waiver wire pickups. Just mm. keep an eye on that guy. Keith has just quietly had a very good um, last fortnight. Yeah, and we have a game we like to play at the end of the this podcast called Risk It for the Biscuit, and I happen to have first pick this week, so... Mm, I'm yeah. hoping you don't pick Keith, because I happen to only have two options. <laughs> ah, well, I think you might have to do some research <laughs> in the break. Uh, all right, so we'll, uh, we'll keep going. Brad Crouch was underwhelming in this game, but I'm still giving him another week or two. Uh, I think he'll bounce back from this. Everyone yeah. was poor from an Adelaide point of view. Yeah. Uh, and from there, not really much else to talk about, would you say? Uh, just scrolling through and... Well, actually, quickly on Rory Sloan. He was manned up by Jed Anderson this week. So yeah. they did send someone to him. We pointed this out that he is terrible with any sort of tag. Jed Anderson's not even a real tagger. No. He was just playing a loose run-with role and Sloan was kept to 77. Although, having said that... 
Sloan being tagged 77 is actually quite good for that. It, it is. For him being tagged. But it's not a real tagger. It's yeah, yeah. like... I know, I agree with everything you said, yeah. yeah. It's tough. So, uh, again, if you own Sloan and you don't have any pressing issues, I've got no issue if you can sideways trade him to one of these big guys like a Whitfield or a... They actually do have quite a good run coming up. Do they? They've got um, Gold Coast. Okay. Uh, St. Kilda and then Frio. Alright, no, don't trade him out just yet because none of those teams particularly strongly tag. Uh, for, with the exception of maybe Freer. Freer will try um, to. Actually, Steele well. will lock on to Sloan. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, and Took Miller might look after him this week at the Gold Coast. True. Very so, true. be interesting to see. Alright, we're going to end the first part of the podcast there, guys. Make sure to join us for part two, where we'll be going over the last few games of the round. We're going to answer your questions from Twitter, and we're going to play our favorite game, as always, Risk It for the Biscuit. Join us for part two.